Welcome to Marrow Masters Season 5, sponsored by the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, CGEN, Omeros Corporation, and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. The National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, established in 1992, strives to help patients, caregivers, and their families cope with the psychosocial challenges of transplant from diagnosis through survivorship. Here's your host, Executive Director of the NBMT Link, Peggy Burkhardt. Welcome, everyone. This series focuses on survivorship. Whether you're five minutes in or 25 years plus, we have perspectives that will speak to you, inspire you, and help you at every turn. We all know when patients enter survivorship, it is truly a gift. It also can be overwhelming at times and emotionally draining. So this season, we're going to focus on helping survivors and caregivers better understand the despair, the mental challenges, some work career issues, GVHD and the role it plays in survivorship, giving back, not giving up, finding your herd, and so much more. So grab a few minutes, even grab some coffee, settle in, and get ready to be enlightened and educated as you make a few new friends who will share their grit, intense honesty, and determination to not only get through this, but to thrive and live their best life. I'm so excited to welcome Juanita McReynolds of Michigan with us today. Juanita was diagnosed with leukemia in 1995. That's quite a while ago. Welcome, Juanita. It's so exciting to have you share your journey with us. And it's so incredibly inspiring to know that you just celebrated 25 years from the date of your bone marrow transplant. Let's talk. That's true, Peggy. I uh, just a few days ago celebrated 25 years. It was after recovering from my 1996 bone marrow transplant and retiring early. I wonder how much time did I really have to live? For about two years, I was actually preparing for my death. My husband, who had a stroke two years before my leukemia diagnosis, wanted to buy a ranch-style home because the colonial we lived in was just way too much for him. Additionally, he wanted me to replace my eight-year-old vehicle, amongst other things. I was emphatic about not making any major purchases or changes in our lives. I didn't want to spend money on traveling or what I perceived as unnecessary pleasures. My thought was that if and when I died, he could manage financially without me. I wanted him to be comfortable with me gone, failing to acknowledge his need to be comfortable while I was still alive. At the end of 1998, I remember asking my oncologist if I would have about five years to live. He asked if I thought we went through all we had gone through with the transplant for me not to have a good long life, especially if I did my part. My part was to be diligent in preventing other cancers, for example, breast, cervical, and colon. This was especially important as members of my immediate family had succumbed to various cancers. Wow, Anita, that must have been so overwhelming at the time and heavy, for lack of a better word. What went through your mind as you processed this tall order for a long, healthy life post-transplant? Well, it was then that I chose life. I remember thinking that I was blessed to survive cancer and the transplant. I decided I had to make the most of the life that I was afforded. There was purpose for my life, 
And I had to fulfill that purpose to the best of my ability. With time on my hands and being physically improved, I could concentrate on my family. I could care for my then-handicapped husband. He had many challenges over the years, and I could help him live his best life. There were things he couldn't do for himself, and I was always available. I had an elderly father. I was able to help him with his medical care and to keep him in his home, which was his desire. My mother-in-law was elderly and disabled as well, and I was able to help my husband care for her and her affairs. I had a brother, my donor, who later became ill. And I tell you, this is a big one. Statistically speaking, I never should have had a sibling match for a transplant. I remember being told the possibility of a perfect match was one in five siblings. However, as God would have it, although I had only two siblings, this brother was a perfect match. 25 years ago, a partial match for a transplant was not an option. Not only was he a perfect match, but he was willing to donate. And this is interesting because I had heard of a patient with 10 siblings without a perfect match. I also was told of a patient who had a perfectly matched sibling, but that sibling didn't agree to donate. Now, this is where the transplant experience not only cured my cancer, but it fixed my heart. I had not been close to this brother because I was angry with him for 10 years, and he didn't even know it. He didn't do things I thought he should, and he did other things I thought he shouldn't. Well, when I became ill, it was this brother who told me he had researched my leukemia and the bone marrow transplant process. He said that if I needed him to donate marrow, he would be there. And he was. He saved my life. I was able to then be there to help him with life's challenges until he died 10 years later. So I made up for those wasted years of being angry by being the best sister I could be for the next 10 years of his life. And then there were and continue to be other relatives and friends in need of assistance. And I was and am still able to help. Wow, Anita, I just love your reference about fixing your heart. I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that statement. There's a lot of life experiences wrapped around your life-saving transplant. Tell me, what is your best advice regarding taking care of you, your self-care plan? Well, I would say make sure you take care of yourself because you can't take care of others unless you do that first. That includes scheduling and keeping appointments for routine examinations, as well as regular cancer screening. It means not overlooking or addressing signs of potential problems, but not being nervous and anxious about every ache or pain. Quite honestly, this attitude took some time for me to develop. It didn't just happen overnight. Including exercise is important. I'm not the best at it, but I try to adhere to a regular exercise schedule. For me, I need to be in a structured class with people who motivate me to keep showing up. I feel really good about myself after each class. Also for me, a strong spiritual life is essential. I rely on my faith 
And I really don't know how I could have made it then and even now without it. Setting goals and fulfilling dreams added joy and happiness to my life. Remember I said I spent a couple of years planning to die? Well, 22 years ago, we bought that ranch-style home that my husband wanted. I've purchased several vehicles since that time. We've traveled to most of the places he and I wanted to go, and we achieved many of the goals that we established for ourselves. Oh, Anita, that is so great to hear. You really have been living and enjoying your life, and I know you give back. I know it well. You've been a dear friend and contributor on many levels to the link. I know that you were very close with the founding executive director, Myra, and I love learning more all the time of the history of the link. And you're such a special part of it then, and you are a different special part of it now. In fact, we've just added you to our board of directors. This is going to be so exciting to work even more closely with you. Let's talk about your community endeavors, how you give back on so many other levels besides just with our nonprofit. I'm involved in some of the ministries in my church, but my real love is the choir. I've sang in the choir since I was a little girl. Prior to my cancer diagnosis, though, I stopped singing, but I began to sing again after recovering from the cancer. I remember saying that I didn't know if I could still sing, but I certainly had something to sing about, (laughs) and I've been singing ever since. I am also one of the choir directors. I'm told I have a gift, so I try to use it. As far as the link is concerned, over the last 23 years, I have spoken to patients over the phone and visited hospitalized patients upon their request. I spoke at educational forums sponsored by the link in years past, and I'm telling you, that was out of my comfort zone, but I was greatly (laughs) rewarded for doing it. I also helped in the office doing just minor clerical duties. I was very honored to be one of the survivors featured in the New Normal video, which, I must say, won a Michigan Emmy Award. I don't believe I survived to not share my experience. And Peggy, you've brought me into the 21st century (laughs) by encouraging me to write a blog, participate in a Lunch and Learn event, and now share in this podcast. In the community, I find myself helping friends, neighbors, sick, shut-in people by visiting or helping them get to medical appointments, shopping, what have you. I've been able to visit perfect strangers who were identified as needing to just see a cancer or transplant survivor. So this truly gives me an opportunity to honor my brother's gift. Wow. Right now, I would just like to thank the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link for this opportunity to share today. And ironically, I used to think I didn't have much to offer, but now I know that it's such a blessing to have survived 25 years after transplant so that I can provide hope to others going through that same journey. Juanita, thank you. I'm going to add something, too. I didn't tell Juanita I was going to tell this story, but we had our first board meeting call with Juanita on the board several weeks ago, and it was the neatest thing. We had a physician who actually just turned out out off our board from Vanderbilt, who at the end of meeting Juanita on the call, 
literally went on and on about the inspiration of being a 25-year survivor, just how incredible that is. He's a pediatric doctor who does transplants. And he said, you know, I have kids. They don't want just a year or two. They want decades. And someone like you, I could feel how you inspired him on the call. So please know that this is such a gift and we love working with you and you've done so well with all these speaking engagements. (laughs) (laughs) Everything we ask you to do, you just figure it out. And that is exactly what we need and why you're here. And I just wish you all the best as you continue to grow and help on so many levels. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Likewise. This has been the Marrow Masters Podcast. Feel free to share this episode via text, email, or social media. For more, follow Marrow Masters in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to connect with the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, visit nbmtlink.org or follow the link in our show notes.